The Bengals got smoked. The Seahawks got smoked. The Chargers dropped a shootout to Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. Football is back, baby. And we're going to break it all down on 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people. Welcome to this episode of 10 Things presented by our friends at Mission Taco Joint. I'm BJ Kissel. That's Haley Lewis. We're going to talk about some football. Haley, how was your first full weekend of football being back? I hate to say it, but it was kind of fun that the Chiefs didn't play because we could actually divulge and, and look at all the other NFL teams and what was going on across the league. So that was fun, you know, getting to sit on the couch and actually relax on a Sunday. Uh, what was not fun was that the Chiefs weren't playing and that they had already lost, and that was a, a bitter one. But it was good to see a couple other good teams go down. I know we'll get into that, but good Sunday all in all. Yeah, not great that the Chiefs lost, obviously, but the way things played out, and we'll get into that with our 10 things, uh, not could have been worse. Could have been worse for the weekend from a Chiefs competitive advantage standpoint if you're already thinking through those things after just one week. But uh, what I'm thinking through right now, and I'm getting hungry again every time we talk about this, but I want to shout out Mission Taco Joint, not just for being the presenting sponsor of this show, but also working with us uh, at KCSN Foundation. They have partnered up with us for our Feed It Forward program, providing meals once a month to Hope Faith Ministries, the homeless shelter in downtown Kansas City. If you want to support or be a part of that program, just hit us up on social media. Let us know and we can tell you how you can help and get involved. You can also get 10% off your order at any of the Kansas City area Mission Taco Joint locations, which there are three. The third one just opened up out in Leewood and Park Place. So make sure to go check that out. You mentioned KCSN on Tuesdays at Mission Taco Joint. You will get 10% off of your order. Again, just for mentioning KCSN. We appreciate their support. And Haley, I appreciate that we get to talk about real football. Um, it's still not right. a normal 10 things episode of what it's going to be when we get into Can't the regular be. season. It's <laughs> normally going to be about the Chiefs following game, but because they played on Thursday, this show is recorded each Monday. Uh, we're going to talk about the 10 things that stood out to us after the week one slate mm-hmm. of games. Haley, where do you want to get started? I say we start with the fact that, I mean, I keep going back to Thursday and the Chiefs loss, right? It, w- it was really disheartening to see not only as, you know, being a KC native, but just like a Chiefs homer and then to see every all the hype around it, the banner night and this, this and this. And it just was it was flat. Well, it kind of felt better when you saw the Bengals loss. And- they got smoked. <laughs> they did not just lose. I said it in a kinder way. <laughs> I'm generally a pretty down. kind person. They are not too kind. <laughs> Their fans make it worse. And this is going to be the fun. It's going to be Bengals fans the back yep. and forth, but. But it was nice seeing them lose, you know. Yeah, out Nate Taylor. yeah. Uh, and then also, I just saw a lot of sloppy football. Right, you saw a lot of drop passes across the league. You saw a lot of other teams who are great, like the Eagles. They almost let the Pats sneak back in and, and win. And I have a few stats. Like, let's talk. Okay, let's talk about the Bengals first. Uh, getting smoked. Yes, in your let's words, do that. <laughs> to get everybody started this Monday correctly. Here you go. Higgins targeted eight times on Sunday. Didn't catch a single pass. Burrow's worst day. As a pro, you're just smiling through all. Well, he's on my fantasy team, so like I edge my emotions with that one. There you go. What? Eighty-two, eighty-two passing yards for Burrow. Fifty-two point two passer rating, the lowest figures he's ever had in four years in the NFL. Orlando Brown Jr. I know a lot of KC people want to hear this one. Gave up three pressures. Nothing looked good. OBJ had a PFF grade of fifty-seven, the ninth worst game of his career 
in that regard. Lots of uh, sloppy, sloppy ball. We were talking with our fearless producer, and we appreciate Tucker Franklin for hanging out. He showed me a video that I think we're going to try to play here um, of Miles Garrett for a snap. Tucker said this was in the first quarter, but Miles Garrett literally like doing crossovers and like basketball moves. And I'm over the center. That's one of the greatest things I've seen. <laughs> I love when like they catch those kinds of moments where you're like, oh, he's moving. What's he doing? Right. Playing basketball, he is so confident about what's about to happen. But yeah, you mentioned Orlando Brown Jr. giving up the three pressures. Mm-hmm. According to Pro Football Focus, which, yes, I will use Pro Football Focus when their stats and their grades make the point that I'm trying to make. And right. When they don't, I'll just question the grades because that's how it works right now with <laughs> the FF, right? Um, but in looking relative to how they grade and how they do things, Orlando Brown Jr. had a PFF grade of 57 in that game against the Cincinnati, or excuse me, against the Cleveland Browns. It was the ninth worst right. PFF grade of his career, spanning back several years, including his time with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, not the dunk on Orlando Brown Jr., but there were a lot of Bengals fans that were calling us out for the moves that we made, getting Donovan Smith, bringing in Jawan Taylor, that they feel like they got a steal with Orlando Brown Jr. And he was by far not the only one that struggled, and it was the reason that Joe Burrow had. 82 passing yards bad total yeah just days after um some pretty cringy posts and adam schefter was tweeting on social media about the <laughs> the avatars changing on x or twitter or whatever you want to call it um it's kind of like here's the comparison and that way you know i'm not a complete homer it's kind of like the comparison of Kadarius tony going after giants fans after they struggle it's like he uh, talks so much you know he re- he reactivated his instagram just this morning and just, went after yeah. him again just, just. I mean, that's a that's hatred. I mean, that's heart. I mean, that's ballsy too. That is deep. But for all the stuff that the Bengals fans, and it's not the player, like there's fans say, and some of the stuff that Joe Burrow yeah. does, um, getting highest paid player, you know, getting all the money, and they can that playing like that. Yeah, um, man, if he has another one of those games, it's he got his money, and then you start having those quite completely unfair storylines and questions. But if it's not your team, start him. We'll have him. Yep. It'll be fun. We'll we'll talk. I'll have I have a few more comments the Bengals were making about the elves later on. Um, but also want to note the Eagles went three and out on four straight possessions in the first half against the Pats. They only had one game with four three and outs last season. That was their week seventeen loss to the Saints. Jalen Hurts wasn't even looking like himself as well. You couldn't tell if he wanted to throw it or if he was going to go with the run game. And one of their offense, I mean, their offense last year was probably the most electric, dynamic. The Hardest, especially hardest offense that the Chiefs had ever faced the entire season and doing so on the biggest stage. And they they came out slow. I mean, yeah. now not the the Pats defense is legit. And they have Belichick. Like, right. He's always That's gonna always going to be a problem. But to your point, Jalen Hurts going 22 of 33 for only 170 yards with a touchdown and only 37 yards right. rushing. Oh, they won, but we're talking about legitimate MVP candidates consideration. Right, yeah. Granted, it is just one game. All these things can and will change. But it is interesting thinking going into this week, who are some of the MVP top mm. candidates and how are they going to play? And we saw what Patrick Mahomes did, not on him. Right, but everyone's drops. saying but he's washed, and then you see what Burrow and Hurts do. And it's there, like, Are there classes and plays, the one to Sky Moore that Mahomes threw that was a little bit high? Are there a couple plays he could be better? Sure. Yes. Did he go out and put up 82 yards at home against a division rival? No, especially when your top receiver calls him elves going into the- game and I actually kind of like that he owned it a little bit and he answered because we lost yeah. the elves <laughs> uh but you know 
honestly, like, shout out to Jamar Chase talking to the media. Kadarius Tony did not talk to the media after yeah. his game, and granted, not the same level of performance. I get it. But two MVP candidates and Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow, neither one of them came out mm-hmm. and played well. Um, interesting. That's why, yeah. that's why you play the games. Slappy, slappy right. first week. Let's move on uh, to the next one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any more points to make? Because um, the one of the bigger shockers and my my top one or number two here on our 10 things that stood out to us from week one. Um, I thought the New York Giants were going to be better. I did too. Um, I watched the, the first part of that game. I saw kind of how it got away from him. I mean, the, the Saquon Barkley interception fumble was kind of a fluke play. Um, not anything that you could have done a whole lot about, but they got yeah. down quick. And then the whether it's a combination of the Dallas Cowboys just being as good as advertised on defense. But their they've special got teams made the first. Everywhere. They did. I mean, the special teams, the block kick, the touchdown, all that stuff. Like, in the, like I said, the play to Saquon where he threw it out of the backfield and he just got popped right there. There's yeah. Javon Diggs and went up to safety. You caught it and ran it back for a touchdown. It kind of got out of hand. And then the weather and the rain probably didn't help. But the New York Giants were a team that was a kind of a dark horse. I thought they'd be significantly better. They're not going to be able to function the way that their offensive line was playing. Evan Neal, their right tackle. If anybody's watching this game, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Or Mark Glowinski, mm-hmm. the guard. They gave up 17 pressures combined between the two of them on 31 pass blocking snaps. Mm. I'm going to say it again just for make sure it has the effect and it hits. They pass blocked on 31 plays, those two guys. Between the two of them, they gave up 17 pressures on those plays. It's almost 55% of the time they were blocking, they didn't get their job done. Uh, Daniel Jones is not going to have success. So I don't know, again... Dallas Cowboys are absolutely stuck. Like, they're legit. Yeah, they, Their defensive line is deep. They've got dudes all over the place. But, man, I, I'm feeling for Brian Dable, Mike Kafka. Daniel Jones is going to be sore today. That guy got hit a lot. He had so much turf in his helmet. The, like, those little turf mites with the field. You saw him in his helmet yeah. the entire time. Also, the man always looks confused. I mean, he always has that look of sure. confusion on his face. How like, even more so. people on a three-step drop. I don't so- understand. It's so hard not to like kind of giggle watching him during the game because every time he would come up off the ground, he would just be like, even running the ball, he'd be, he just always looked, he hadn't, it seemed like he didn't know if he was trying to sell the point that he knew what was going on. He was doing a terrible job acting, but it was, yeah. So are the Giants that that, that bad or the Cowboys that good? I think that's probably the biggest question that comes to it. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle, uh, but they're definitely going to have to get some stuff fixed up front because you've got an absolute skill and Saquon Barkley and I felt bad for him trying to get loose and there were so many things keying on him and he could not get it going and it's hard to when you have absolutely no chance in the passing mm-hmm. game to where I think the Cowboys players were even telling the sideline reporter during the game like it, they need to stop trying to throw the ball <laughs> like this is not going well <laughs> for them but all right hey let's move on to number three what do you got okay let's talk about the AFC West the way too way too early standings that uh I think we even tweeted out something and people were like oh my gosh the Raiders week one everyone saw it coming leading the standings or this doesn't matter it's too early and the truth is yeah it's week one it doesn't doesn't matter necessarily but it also does matter because those are you know matter when you lose to an NFC team it matters when you lose to a division team Good way to put it. There you go. So we were talking kind of how things really did go well for the Chiefs after losing to the weeks or after losing week one to the Lions. That's probably the best way things could have shaked out. The Chargers win. They beat the uh, Broncos by one. (laughs) Is Jimmy G the the answer? Who knows? We'll figure that out later. Uh, And then the Chargers fall to 
Miami. Uh, did I just say the charge? Did I say that correctly? Did Chargers I- lost to Miami. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, um, wow, I kind of got lost on that. Raiders beat Denver by one point, right? Okay, here we go. Anyways, it just was like, you look at the AFC West and you think going into the season that the Chiefs are easily going to lead this thing and and potentially down, down the stretch they will. But the fact that the Chargers looked like they did looks good for the Chiefs. The fact that Denver still can't win is good for the Chiefs. And the fact that the Raiders only got it done by one over the Broncos is good for the Chiefs. So AFC West-wise, the fact that Kansas City comes in second after everything that happened this week, I'm happy about it. Yeah, I don't... You just to reiterate your point, I don't think it could have gone better. Right. If you're a Chiefs fan saying, like, how oh, could yeah, this have all played out? Um, you know, neither the Raiders nor Broncos often, I mean, they scored 33 points combined between those two teams. It was 17 16. The Raiders won that game. And I think what you saw on both sides, um, or if you're a Chiefs fan looking, is that I don't think Russell Wilson looked better. He did. I and mean, his yeah. numbers aren't awesome, but compared to last year, he looks functional. Mm-hmm. Like, at, well, you can go out there and get something done. That granted, they're banged up at wide receiver. I mean, their leading receiver was a running back, Samaje P. Ryan, with 37 yards receiving. Uh, but Russell Wilson went 27 to 34, only had 177 yards for 5.2 uh, yards per attempt, which is very low. But had a couple touchdowns, got sacked twice, didn't throw any interceptions. And then Jimmy G, we know that he's just going to be a steady presence. I don't right. think Jimmy G is going to be a top 10 NFL quarterback. He's not going to put up huge numbers, but he's going to produce. But he's going to function up. that yep. position and not make really big mistakes. It's I hate comparing guys to the Alex Smith era in Kansas City, but it's probably the easiest way for fans to understand. Like he is going to play solid football, mm-hmm. but he's not going to necessarily make the Patrick Mahomes like the game changing, get outside, make a crazy throw. Those things you need, I think, to win in the playoffs and to win Super Bowls, that kind of playmaking ability. I don't think you're going to get, but you're not going to see a quarterback who's going to go out and be the reason why you lose a game. Right. Uh, so depending upon how you want to look at that, but again, Broncos losing at home, those two teams in a division game. And then for the Dolphins to go out and beat the Chargers in LA and kind of they shoot out. out. Yeah. Completely different. They scored 70 points between the two teams. And, you know, I've seen some people having the conversation, and it's kind of one of my points that I want to bring up about Justin Herbert. And I didn't watch all of this game, mm-hmm. but, and it's never like quarterback wins is a stat. Like I get yeah. all of that, but yeah. Justin Herbert is 25 and 25 as a starter. He's gotten paid, he's been talked about as an elite quarterback. Talent wise, it's all there. But something with these close games, I mean, his best record as a starting quarterback was 10-7 and seven last year. At some point, he's got to take that next step and win some of these games. And win a playoff game. Yeah, to be considered like an elite quarterback. And on the flip side, we saw it from Tua. We saw some of the best plays he's made. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about MVP candidates. To me, Tua or Tyreek should be at the top of that list after week one. Tua threw for 466 yards with three touchdowns and a pick. And then... One of the other points I'll bring up later, but Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns, looking like what I've said for the last three years, he's the most explosive player in NFL mm-hmm. history. Finally seemed like for them, too, it was coming together. The timing, everything getting down. Um, it was it was an electric, electric offensive game for the Dolphins. They got to be happy about what they put up. Yeah. And so I, the Chargers are good. Let's not, I mean, I don't want to discredit yeah. the fact that the Chargers are good and they're going to be good. The only thing that's really not good about the Chargers, I and mean, I think one of the moves that they've made, and I, Went to his high school because it's a long story, but J.C. Jackson mm-hmm. has not worked out at all. He has been abysmal for the Chargers. Uh, and I say I went to his high school. So J.C. Jackson went to Immokalee High School in Florida, which is the same high school that Dearness Johnson went to. 
And last year, uh, or two years ago, I was at Let It Fly Media. We did a feature on Dearness Johnson and oh, talked cool. with him. And he's close with J.C. Jackson. And they were telling the story about where they're from. And it's just it's a cool story. Kind of wanted to root for him. At, having never talked to J.C. Mm-hmm. Jackson, just kind of learning a little bit about him. I uh, want to root for him. But he has been awful for the Chargers. And again, Haley, before we go to this first break, mm-hmm. I'm curious. I just brought up Tyreek Hill and Tua as two guys that I would see as MVP candidates after the first week. So anybody that stood out to you in a really positive way after the first week of games where you're like, that person probably should be. Cause you talk about Jalen Hurts and Joe right. Burrow not playing like they were guys already in that conversation. Yeah. So if you're moving them out and you're putting Tua in, who might be somebody that uh, you could see sliding in there? I mean, I the hype has always been around Justin Jefferson, but the fact that he had such a good day and the Vikings still lost, that's a guy who I think is beyond talented. And and this is not to hate on Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, even after watching the quarterback, became an even bigger fan of him and what he's able to do. But the fact that he continues to be consistent at what he produces and the elite catches that he's able to make and that he shows up every single week and does so and the Vikings still can't get it done, that's a guy who he came out and not that I thought he wasn't going to impress, but just every time I watch him, I'm like, gosh, this dude's athletic ability, man. Like, how is is this guy not got a ring? Like, this, this is just... Anyways, that's not someone who stood out to me uh, a week one. He was able to get that done, but the Vikings still lose. I'll tell you what, one of the players I'm going to talk about that did surprise, uh, I guess didn't surprise me, but is going to be a problem next week for the Chiefs. We're going to talk about him right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to 10 Things and BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis going through the 10 things that stood out to us during the week one NFL slate of games. Haley, let's move on to number five. And I had teased that uh, there's a player Chiefs are going to face. It's Calvin. Um, For me, it's Calvin Ridley. (laughs) You want to talk about ETN? I'm talking about Calvin Ridley. (laughs) That dude, the Jags were already an epic coming team last year with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis ETN. Calvin Ridley now, dude's a problem. Yeah. He is a bona fide number one. If you're... Tell me one player that I'm higher on than anybody else. And really? most people in the league, it's Calvin Ridley. I think okay. he is a one of the top stars in this league. I think he is an absolute stud, and he is going to be a problem, and we better have a kind for There we go. Well, the Chiefs go down to Jacksonville next week, and this was a team that they saw in the playoffs last year, and it, obviously Mahomes had an injury, so things definitely changed about how probably that game's outcome would have looked a little bit different. But Trevor Lawrence, and you've been high on Trevor Lawrence before, too, He's, he's a talented quarterback. It seems like things are finally getting ready um, and, and kind of rolling in Jacksonville. So the thing is, they look forward to the Jags, but the Jags did almost lose to the Colts, but the Colts do look better than the Colts looked last year. So if you're following me, it was a good game. And the, the, the issues that I saw, really, Jacksonville showed ball security issues against the Colts, right? No. They had three fumbles. It didn't cost them the game, but against the league's better team, like Kansas City, right. that could potentially be a problem. They averaged 3.2 yards per carry before the final possession, including running back Travis Etienne, 26-yard touchdown run. Um, Lawrence got hit six times. I mean, the, the pressure the pressure was there. The Colts brought it, but the Chiefs also, as we know, brought it last year or last week and can definitely bring it against um, him. So you you talk about Ridley. I talk about Etienne. That's always a guy that I see as being a problem. He he is someone who Spags or Coach Spags always talks about being that, that kind of guy who just makes those crazy explosive plays and you have to minimize those because you know it's just going to happen. It's how many can you limit. Yep. And going up against Jacksonville, talking about the Chiefs opponent next week, like no Doug Peterson, we've seen it before, starting mm-hmm. with like the onside kick, the fake punts, like all of those types of they things. Go he knows it. he's going to have steel possessions, but if you're a Chiefs fan, you're feeling kind of worried they lost and then you're going up against a good team. You really don't want to go 0-2, obviously. One thing I'll say, say I think about, that no, normal. but if you think back and I don't have the numbers in front of me and it, a lot of it's subjective uh, as far as what you can constitute a bad game or a loss, I guess. But these are the types of games where you start to feel a little bit worried. And then Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they go out and just put on a show. Mm-hmm. We had seen it in the past. The game that stood out to me a couple of years ago was the game, the regular season game where we went to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or they went to play the San Francisco 49ers. Good defenses, teams are like, man, they better show up and play after not playing yeah, really well the week before and they come out they're clicking they're running the correct routes they're not running into each other on the bunch stuff that we saw the receivers doing that's the stuff that you just don't see from the Andy Reid team don't see from a team with Patrick Mahomes spending most of the offseason talking about leadership and making sure that the guys are locked in you know the offense is going to be locked in this week they've had a couple extra days uh, to either get healthy or about Travis Kelsey and you know we got an update earlier today that We'll oh, you read it? Air quote update. Yes, this will take four seconds. Okay, please give go. an update on what Andy Reid told us about Travis update Kelsey. Update on Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid on Kelsey's availability for the Jacksonville game. Travis is getting better. He is progressing. End quote. There you have it. That's <laughs> that's 
That's what we got. That's country. It's all Wednesdays. <laughs> he's alive uh, and well. And he's going to say he's he's getting there. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, it's probably on Wednesday. So no clue there. Uh, but Jay Glazier put out a lot of information um, talking about how serious they thought originally Travis Kelsey's injury was. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of keeping the swelling down. And Jay Glazier reported that Kelsey was at the facility yesterday going through a workout and that he would be good to practice as long as this morning when he woke up, his knee didn't swell. So do you want to infer that Andy Reid has seen Travis Kelsey today at noon by the time they had that presser and his knee wasn't swollen. Maybe he would have said something. Maybe he wouldn't. We don't know. But made a few words. Seems to be tracking in a generally good direction. I will just say, rarely have we seen a Chiefs offense. And I, I used the word sloppy right after the game. Yep. I used it in talking about on our 10 things last week, just talk, describing the Chiefs offense. I would be really, really surprised if it looked anywhere similar this coming week that it did last week, even with all the young receivers, even with the reasons why we know it did look mm-hmm. sloppy, I don't think that's going to happen again. Hopefully they hit their rhythm and can get things flowing because we know how explosive the Chiefs can be. But I think the biggest thing that you you hit a point saying how the Chiefs have been tested before, and so, like like last year, I would say probably when they lost to the Colts, mm-hmm. they were really tested after that and they had to come back and bounce back. And it's always the game after yep. that they have their best their best showing. So hopefully against Jacksonville, which is also a more not to discredit the Lions, but potentially better team overall. This is going to be a better showing for the Chiefs to go down there and just whoop some bootay. <laughs> if I was a betting, I am a betting person. I, yeah, I was like, taking, what are you lying taking for? the over. I don't care what it is. That's nothing to do with the Jags. <laughs> I would be very surprised, again, if Patrick Mahomes didn't come out and have a very, very good performance. Uh, get Jarek McKinnon more involved. Uh, in the passing game if they need to um, see what Justin Ross, see if that becomes a thing. And on the defensive side, we want to spend long on this. I don't expect Chris Jones to show yeah, up this week. Um, it's kind of been quiet except for his comments on Twitter today. Yeah, he was, was he telling Chiefs fans to shut up? Shut up. Because he was promoting. And I'll actually defend him a little bit. Like These guys are annoying. Like Chris wants to tweet, tweet about Tyreek Hill going off after a yeah. MVP-type performance where Tyreek Hill should be, if not at the top of the MVP conversation. And that's his buddy. Um, they both live in Miami, I believe, during the offseason. Uh, he just said, Tyreek is cold-blooded. And then someone said... And then someone said, we don't care, sign your contract. He said, shut up. So I mean, fan was a dick, and then he responded in kind, which said, players shouldn't do, but they're also human beings, and probably something similar that most people would say if somebody cares? was rude to you in that situation. It just, it's going to get highlighted because of the situation that right. Chris is in right now. I'm sorry to get us on topic. That was yeah. Well... Not a note. I think we're contractually obligated to mention Chris in all <laughs> podcasts going forward until he shows up. So that's that's your mention of that. There you go. Don't expect him uh, anytime this week. All right. Okay. You know, they're coming down to Jacksonville. The question is, is he going to go to the game? Okay. Oh, if God. he shows up to the game and they pan up to him in a box somewhere, after the publicity around that last week, could you really see that happening? I would put anything past anybody at this point. Like it, I will be shooketh. If they show up and do he's that. sitting in the pool in Jacksonville after the feedback, <laughs> he's just hanging out in the pool. It's funny mouth, just <sighs> let's move on. Okay, all right. Uh, this this is going number six. This is going to be the I'm sorry I wasn't familiar with your game segment from the uh, Shaquille O'Neal meme social medias. There's a chance. What's <laughs> socials? Um, I'm gonna go with. The group that I didn't think was going to come out and play as well as they did, I have a tie. I'm sorry if I okay. one of yours. No, you didn't. Um, You're good. Okay, yeah. So the Packers, 
winning 38-20 over the Bears. Uh, Jordan Love throwing three touchdowns. Um, in a obviously a huge year for him as he sat for what three years and now he's playing his fourth year. They have to make a decision on him at the end of this year. So this is a huge opportunity for Jordan Love to to prove that he can be a guy that Packers can count on going forward. I know the Bears aren't supposed to be great. Um, but the Packers putting up 38 points, I thought was pretty impressive. Aaron Jones looked very much like the Aaron Jones that yep. uh, we're used to. Uh, shout out my wife's fantasy football team, the <laughs> old Aaron Jones. Uh, benching Keenan Allen for Aaron Jones right before that game. Wow. Good, it's good advice from whoever gave my wife yeah, that advice. Uh, and then the, the Rams, 30-13 to 13 over the Seahawks was also pretty surprising for a Seahawks team mm-hmm. that a lot of people thought would be like the biggest competition to the 49ers in that division. Um, Matt Stafford looking good. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Always been a big Matt Stafford fan. Uh, but those are the two, the the Packers and the Rams. Uh, shout out. I was not familiar with how good you guys were going to be, especially right out the gate. Haley, what do you got? Yeah, that was impressive. I'm with you. I'm with you, especially on the Rams um, and Seattle. But I, I mean, I got to go with the Browns. I, I personally have always hated the Browns. I really don't like anything that they stand for. I especially do not like their quarterback. But I will it's, say. They made it very hard to cheer for them. Yes. Um. I didn't think they were going to look that good. And it, it might have been the weather. It might have been just the Bengals kind of being out of it. I don't know what it particularly was, but they showed up. Their defense looked gritty. Uh, Miles Garrett, we talked about him earlier. He looked scary. I rem- I had flashbacks of him taking the helmet and smashing it over Rudolph's head. Like, I was like, okay, he's really going for it. Um, the run game looked good. Chubb looked good. It, it was all in all an impressive. They went. They you know they went for the two point conversion. They kept their foot on the gas. Um, they made the Bengals look like the Giants. That defense looked. It was bad. It's hard. It's a different discussion. And and I didn't think you said the the elves. The elves prevailed. <laughs> so good. Elves. And honestly, I like I I like Jamar Chase more because he actually talked with media after and just kind of owned it. Yeah, he's like, we lost to a bunch of elves. I yeah, mean, I call them elves. They get upset about it. I'm just mad we lost <laughs> to them. Get over it. Um, but yeah, impressive. That's it, all I have to say, really. It was impressive. And it, you bring up the point about the Browns just being a tough team. It'd be really interesting to see if the Browns start hot and start playing well. Not that Sean Watson played super well in that game. I thought he was okay. Um, usually the defense just absolutely dominating Joe Burrow yeah. and those guys. And wish we could see our guy Juan Thornhill out there. He's the only right. reason that I might. I'll cheer like for or him. respect the Browns at all because of him, Reagan, they're awesome. And I want to root for him, see him get on the field and have some success um, and be out there with those guys. I know he's been responding to some Chiefs fans uh, and some stuff that they put out. But It was uh, cool to see him after the game, though, too, when they were here for the preseason and all those guys kind of on the field. We had the pick six, and then he showed love yeah. to Chiefs fans in like a... Classy way. When it happens, and you're like, is that guy talking? Oh, that's Thorne. Oh, that's uh, cool. Thorn- I like oh, that guy. There was like so many emotions and so times like, don't come out. Oh, that's our guy. I like that show. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move on to number seven. Trio of rookies. So this is more where we get into the, I really don't have much more to say. I'm starting to like pick at random facts around the league. (laughs) Hey, you're going to learn something. Segment. You're going to learn something. Uh, USA Today put out a really cool article where they were putting together like 32 different little facts and tidbits about week one. And I got this one from them. It was Bryce Young. And then C.J. Stroud, as well as Anthony Richardson, all in action in 2023. They become the 15th campaign of the last 16, with at least one rookie QB behind center. Last year was the only exception during the stretch. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, now they all lost. So yeah. that wasn't really great. Um, but, you know, it, it, since, and this also says, 
only the third trio of rookie quarterbacks to start in week one since the 197 AFL NFL merger. Um, they all lost, of course, on Sunday, but they they, they all had moments though. They, they did. Like when you watch the highlight, there's sometimes going back to like the Johnny Menzel, and that's a bad one if you watch the documentary. I'm like, the guy never watched film ever about anything. And he came out and played like you'd expect. But I thought all three of those quarterbacks had moments and and flashes where you saw the talent, mm-hmm. saw the ability. Um and so I think all of them there's a lot of promise there. I think if you're a, a fan of the Panthers, the Texans, or the Colts, mm-hmm. even after week one, even after not being the best of what you could have expected, I think there's something to to hold on to there and reason for optimism. And listen to this. David Carr in twenty or two thousand and two by the Texans remains the last quarterback picked first overall to win his first career start. It's been a minute. Wow. So they shouldn't feel too bad. Yeah. You got a nugget in here too. Good job. Um, another thing that's just, just interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 black quarterbacks yeah. started this week and week one. It's the most ever last season. There were 11 who started. Um, yeah. I don't... Blew out the record. Don't know if it's more black quarterbacks playing in college and there's just more guys playing the position or if it... Or what the reason is. But it's, it's, it's an interesting cool. nugget and people can... And, get into that more and I'm sure we'll hear more about that yeah. as the season goes on. And Mahomes always likes to comment on it. It's just cool to see representation and also that helps for younger kids who are watching and and to see that as well that there are all options, all positions, everything yep. open for whatever you want to pursue. So it's pretty cool to see. Just help them win, help them win games mm-hmm. and get out there. All right. Right now. You got it. It's time for my favorite part of this. I believe in you. Go. First part got it down second part it's going to be a struggle appreciate you all for going on this journey with me all right here a word from our friends at DraftKings. football is back in full swing with another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them that's right DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers can bet five dollars on football and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets nobody's missing out on the action this season all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers Every game day this September, get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can bet $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Take a deep breath. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 years or older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com or excuse me, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and de- deposit restrictions apply. Honestly, you flew much better, much than, better than yesterday. So but shout out, flew to through it. Anybody who listened to my twenty-one questions with Mike Devito, that was a, that was a doozy on that one. Uh, shout out Tucker normally crushes those things, but uh, shout out DraftKings. We appreciate their sponsorship and their support of what we're doing here. And if you are the gambling type, make sure you're probably using all the different gambling apps and getting all the mm-hmm. discounts on all of them make sure you use DraftKings and you co- use code KCSN we appreciate it I still yet to ever make a bet really yeah ever? never never made a bet this is set up I Tucker. know I know Tucker will get you going I'm scared to divulge anyways okay I'll wrap it up this is my last point okay all the rookies lost so did all the new coaches 
They were owned that's by. It? Yep, there you <laughs> go. That's the whole that's, point. That is the whole point. We got the names here. Oh, um, who they are? For yeah, Sean Payton. You know, Colts, Texans, Panthers, Arizona Cardinals um, collectively debuted their new head coaches. I think the biggest one for us that affects that that we talk about, you know, Sean Payton was a big point of emphasis during the offseason. Everyone talking about that storyline, um, going to you know help reset, if you want to call it, uh, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and um, they lost by one. They're paying him eighteen million dollars to fix Russell Wilson, and they gave up a couple draft picks for him. So, you better get it done. Uh, I made they, it more positive, but <laughs> I mean, anyways, coaches go over sixteen pass and Raiders. So that was kind of yeah, you know, yeah. all eyes were on on how they would fare. And Trump Hayden, not so great. Shane Steichen, Nico Ryan's, Frank Reich, Jonathan Gannon. Shocked on Jonathan Gannon. Nailed it. Really? Yeah. I was just blown away. Reaction when I said that. No, I'm not surprised at all. Um, the the content that they're putting out about him speaking to the team is just awkward every time. Oh the interaction God. with his players are awkward. I love this awkward like, interaction. Somebody, I'm sure there's a YouTube or a social video somewhere that's just like social channels. You can find it everywhere. I don't remember who the player was talking to you off the top of your head. They showed him like in the hallway talking, and it was just the most awkward interaction. It was Kyler? Was it? I I. I think that it was uh, James Conner. Was that does sound right? Uncomfy yeah. chats. He took the bus. That's right. <laughs> that. Yeah, that fire in your gut. Well, luckily the Chiefs have a pretty solidified coaching situation. Not have to worry about that kind of stuff. You know who else? Speaking of coaching, you know who else? Want to shout out Eric Bieniemy, yeah. the Washington Commanders, twenty to sixteen win That's over the fighting Jonathan Gannons. Uh, in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, just pick your fun of how bad they're going to be, and they won by four. But uh, shout-out EB. Uh, Brian Robinson uh, had a solid game for a young player that's overcome a lot, obviously getting shot just a few days before, I think, their first game last year, right around the beginning of the season. Um, but love EB. It's a good lot of eyes too. on him, uh, not just in Kansas City because of all the talk and all the rumors and all the crap that was said um, between two years ago when they lost – um, the Super Bowl, and then what transpired last year is awesome to see him get that, and then going to Washington and having the reports during training camp of some players that are not appreciating his coaching style. As a coach's daughter, you'm sure you've heard a lot of things over the years. Every player is going to mesh or you know mix with every coaching or every coach and their style. I mean, it just it, it is what it is, and it's the players that get salty about it that are usually the ones who sat. Yeah, and I. Like it's okay. I can have to be friends with EB, but you will not find anyone okay, who might so tell you. Right. But who cares more about you? Like it's coming from a place yeah. of wanting you to get better, yeah. and that's how he does it, and that's worked for him. And and it doesn't. If it doesn't work mesh. for you as a player, that's fine. Like yeah. you can go like there now. You now have the ability to pretty much go anywhere and everywhere you want. Like the coach Taylor versus the uh, other coach at the beginning of season two of Friday Night Lights. Can't remember his name. He's only there two games. Uh, guy from Tennessee, and they kicked him out. Bring oh, Coach Taylor right. back from TMU. I might be rewatching that. My dad was right a very now. Coach Taylor kind of coach. Yeah, that kind of. Uh, but yeah, he was. He was so. He was always. Uh, he had a lot of cliches, a lot of uh, really good one-liners. But I'll tell you, as someone like who used to work in local TV, now every soundbite it was gold. I always loved asking him questions because he would give you a minute and a half, and it was just pure gold of like whatever you needed him to say, and then you could wrap it up. Where Reed would be like. Error. 
Jimmy and I love Coach Reed, but yelling finish. That's all he would yell. <laughs> I don't remember who was the young running back. Uh, <laughs> it may have been like Darwin Thompson years ago at like OTAs or something, yeah. but like he was out of shape and just getting screamed at. And he had to run like, you know, they do a drill in like midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back runs and he would like cut it off like the 30. He was like, finish. Like you're basically running sprints to get to the end zone. And then I remember my favorite line ever from the enemy. Uh, it was a running, they were doing, it was like a 10, 10, 10 practice. And they mm-hmm. were just kind of running along the sideline. They did like a screen pass. Guy was running down. Sure. And then two players basically collided down the field. And he was like, you got all this damn space. You couldn't find fucking sand if you fell off a camel. And it just like <laughs> screams it. Or, you couldn't find sand if you fall off a camel on a fucking desert. <laughs> it was the right comment and the right yeah. time. Apologize for the language. Um, I was shaking in my boots. Yeah. Love you, be love what he's about. All right. Before we wrap this show up, final takeaway from week one as we look forward to the Chiefs getting ready for one of like the two or three games that they play all year. Uh, only two, uh, our fearless produ- producer Which, Tucker says. So, by the way, I for the longest time on broadcast used to say, "Chiefs got a nooner coming up, like noon game. It's a nooner. All right, let's get this one in quick. Chiefs got a nooner." I had no idea that was sexual. I had no idea. I'm sorry. You you said the F word. Okay, I can say that. I didn't know that was bad. I just thought that they had a noon. Like, when did you finally learn? Like, like a when, year ago. Like, Nick how did that told me? <laughs> I didn't know it was bad. And he was like, hey, he always had my back. And he was like, hey, Haley, I mean, this with love, but like, you're saying something you don't know that you're saying. And I was like, like on air. Oh, yeah. All the time on air. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, don't say that on broadcast. You can say it on a podcast, but don't say it on air. (laughs) But, uh, my week one takeaway is that it ain't that bad, Chiefs fans. It's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. After watching this week or watching last yesterday, whatever today is, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be okay. The do- Things worked out. The Dolphins and Chargers played each other, but there's like five teams in the AFC where like if if three of them have come out and just been absolutely dominant, I would have. Like, oh, they better get their stuff together. But well, also, if Hurts and Burrow had been dominant, I would have felt worse about what happened with Mahomes, but they kind of looked sloppy. And we'll see what happens with like the Bills. They- um, tonight, yeah. is, depending upon when you're listening to this, we're recording before the Bills play. And make sure uh, only weird games. Um, Seth, Nate, and Josh are recording this afternoon, and then the KC Laboratory will be going tonight. Uh, and so you will have marquee content, Chiefs Kingdom, tomorrow, God, Tuesdays during the show. season. Tuesdays and Fridays when both those shows are going to be posted. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see how the Bills en- end up looking because I think of all those teams, if any team was going to take just even a, a little step back, it would have been the Buffalo Bills. They lost some dudes. Mm-hmm. They, they lost Jordan Boyer. They lost Tremaine. They got guys hurt. Go lost ahead. Some other guys. Um, Von Miller's a year older. Yeah. Stephon Diggs had his stuff in the offseason, but he's still an absolute stud. So we'll see what happens uh, with them and the Jets. That's just going to be a fun one. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers right, that, the Jets look like. I, yeah, that's that's also my biggest thing. I just want to see what he looks like with that new team. So, but we'll appreciate see. everybody for listening. Appreciate Mission Taco. Make sure go get some tacos tomorrow at any of the three Mission Taco joint locations. There's one in South Plaza. One up at Crossroads, the one that I've been to the most, and then the new one out, Leewood at Park Place. Uh, make sure to mention KCS and get 10% off your order. And we've got more stuff coming up with Mission Taco, a fun announcement that is going to be a very delicious announcement. Ooh, we love, there. We love that. We love that. <laughs> Appreciate everybody for listening or watching. We'll see you next time.